Welcome to the Share Groupie Podcast, where we share ideas on how to help businesses grow and prosper in the online world. Join host, Chief Share Groupie, Claire Sandbrook, as she discusses her digital journey and how Share Group is helping thousands to keep their business flowing and growing. Here on the Share Groupie Podcast. Welcome to the Share Groupie Podcast, where we share ideas on how to help businesses grow and prosper in the online world. So, here's our Chief Share Groupie, Claire Sandbrook, talking about her digital journey and how Share Group is helping thousands of businesses to keep their business flowing and growing. In the last month, we have been assisted by the Metropolitan Police in the enforcement of a High Court writ of possession to recover land on behalf of a London borough where they had decided to develop a piece of land for new housing and take down seven trees. Possession order was opposed by members of the public demonstrating against the felling of these seven trees. As a result, an order for possession was issued against persons unknown and one named person and as the trespassers did not leave voluntarily, then a writ of possession had to be issued to compel them to leave and enable the court's order to be enforced. Now, over the years, we've had the privilege of working with many of the UK's leading police constabularies in supporting this type of work, and we've carried out many major evictions involving trespasses in trees, occasionally underground, although that is rare. However, what we have seen at HS2 at Euston in London in recent weeks has made us rethink that because tunnels there have been burrowed away. And that creates huge problems for all the agencies involved in trying to recover possession. It's not just the High Court Enforcement Officer, it's the police, it's the Ambulance Service, Fire Brigade. And I understand that even Downing Street has been briefed on the activities of the protesters. Well, such is the seriousness of it, as you can imagine, because if those those tunnels cave in, then people will be buried under mounds of earth and it'll be very difficult to rescue them in time before, and sadly, they become a fatality. Now, we don't want that on eviction sites in England and Wales. In fact, we've never had a fatality on an eviction site involving a high court enforcement officer. So we don't want to see that. We're all working in this arena to ensure that we have a safe eviction that's carried out to the letter in terms of health and safety at work regulations, legislation, and that we have a good-natured approach. Now, over the centuries, sheriffs have had these types of powers and they're distilled now in 21st century into the recovery of money and the recovery of land. And the recovery of land is what we're dealing with when we're talking about a writ of possession. Now, since the time of the M11 protests in East London when the M11 Link Road was built, the emergence of eco-warriors and some of them have got cool names like Swampy, and many, many people know Swampy. And in fact, Swampy and his son, I understand, were at the HS2 site in Euston. So Swampy is alive and well. We have to deliver back possession of these types of sites with protesters who maybe in 100 years will be thanking them for drawing our attention to the impact of this development and the way that we're, you know, creating circumstances that are not good for the planet. Who knows? What we do know is that today we don't get to take stance either way. We are apolitical as High Court enforcement officers. We simply are there to enforce the court's judgment. And the court, of course, is enforcing legislation that is handed down by government. In doing that, 
in working in the court process, in working in these very volatile and difficult situations under these writs of possession. It's led to our own operations as High Court Enforcement Officers being strengthened to meet the challenges and working with senior police officers at gold, silver and bronze command level. Operations involving major evictions are carried out as serious planning exercises, which require a thorough understanding of the objective, which is to regain possession of the land, but to do that as safely as possible. I mean, safety is the number one word in all planning exercises. It's never a rush to take back possession. Everyone wants a safe eviction process, including the police. So good practice has led us to create detailed operational plans which capture key elements such as risk analysis, method statement, health and safety and human rights considerations. Our convention is that such a plan is agreed with the police and the claimant. And so everybody is working to the same plan. And then there are sub plans for policing, emergency services, welfare, vulnerability, children, so that every type of aspect of what could emerge as a risk while we are actually carrying out the eviction is anticipated. We have a plan for that. The operational plans include a memorandum of understanding on how primacy of control of the land or the site will be handled in the event of a public order incident. So if the protest reaches a crescendo of activity where it goes into breach of the peace territory, then the police will take over, calm that down, contain that situation, give primacy back to the High Court Enforcement Officer to be able to carry on with the eviction I actually think that the enforcement of these very high-profile writs has given the police a better understanding of where sheriffs today stand in the pecking order of responsibility and authority. I don't think that I, as a sheriff, ever try and think of myself as a police officer, but I'm very happy to be guided by police officers, and I think over the years that has held Sher Group in very good stead in terms of dealing with these very large operations, which, you know, for a private sector organisation, are we are really punching above our weight in terms of what we're being asked to do. We are creatures of statute as High Court Enforcement Officers, and we rise to the occasion, raise our game. When we're working with police, we have to be very aware their resources can be stretched at any time. So we always work with the police's timetable for availability. Obviously, we're looking to also help the claimant with their timetable. But usually we can anticipate when and how we will resource that operation. We don't leave it until the actual writ has been issued on a large scale eviction. We can see it coming and we start the planning process well before the writ is actually issued by the court, even if there's a set back and the court don't agree to the making of the order straight away. We anticipate that that order will be made and we anticipate that if the protesters do not leave the site, these are the things that we're going to have to need to have in place. What I would say to claimants and advisors in this type of situation, this type of scenario, is anticipate how you will compel the trespassers to leave your land if they do not leave voluntarily. And as I say, don't leave it until the last minute to choose your High Court Enforcement Officer. You should be putting a name onto your file, onto your plan in the early stages of your litigation when you're issuing your claim. You should be thinking about how you enforce that if people don't leave voluntarily. I think claimants are much better at doing that now than they were a couple of decades ago. 
but for someone that hasn't been in this situation before on any possession claim where you've got intransigent defendants you should really be thinking about in the early stages how will you compel them to obey the court's order and leave your land should they refuse to do so. I like to be called in quite early into the claimant's process for what they want to achieve in their possession proceedings and how they want to go about enforcing any possession order. And the earlier that we're called in, even for just a no obligation discussion about how that will look and what that might cost is certainly a good exercise, even if it turns out that the trespassers leave. Uh, voluntarily and there is no order to enforce, no need to enforce the court's order. The planning process itself is worthwhile and it's worth talking it through. If protesters are intransigent and refuse to leave voluntarily, there is, of course, a criminal sanction. They could be arrested under the Criminal Justice Act 1977 Section 10 for obstructing a High Court enforcement officer in the execution of the writ And certainly in the last large eviction we've done, the police have taken that approach that they will arrest and charge people for breaching COVID regulations, but also the Section 10 of the Criminal Justice Act 1977. And when you think about it, protesters, whilst they have the right to protest, there are consequences to that if they are actually stopping the court from enforcing its order, putting police officers, high court enforcement officers and their agents at risk. Their safety is paramount as well as the protest safety. Everybody's safety is paramount and you're using public resources to protest. There are consequences. I'm not saying that every protester should be arrested. I'm just saying there are consequences. If the police decide that that's the approach they want to take, then we don't object. We allow the police to do what they think is right under the Criminal Justice Code. In this recent protest and eviction that we've done, the protesters were very keen to look at our paperwork, the writ and the accompanying site plan. So again, from the High Court Enforcement Officer's point of view, it's very important that the writ is clear, the description of the land is clear, and there is a plan delineating the site of the area of the possession order, both in the proceedings and in the eventual writ. And that just means that for everybody involved, including the defendants being persons unknown, or maybe they are named, but usually they're persons unknown, that they are clear that the writ covers the particular area of land and that they can be removed and evicted from that entire area. As I said earlier, the operational plan should detail when primacy of control is handed over from the HCO to the police and then back again, along with the trigger points for escalation in violence which threaten public order. There's some clear markers in that. If any trigger point is reached, the HCEO in the leading role should step back to allow the police teams to ensure public order is restored. And when this has been achieved, then the HCEO can continue with primacy again with the enforcement of the court's order. They hand back to the HCEO. It's a very seamless, very good working relationship of the establishment. Can say is for determined trespassers, protesters, squatters, travellers or tenants who've lost their rights of occupation. You can expect if you become entrenched and intransigent, that we will deal with the physical removal of you from the premises. We don't negotiate with you endlessly and we will pick you up safely and we will take you off the land. And again, I think that this physical removal is something the police loathe to do. 
because of the PR implications of that. And I can understand that. But it's something that we as High Court Enforcement Officers will do. And we do it in terms of health and safety and best practice. So we're the people doing the picking up and removing of protesters when they lock on, they burrow into tunnels and they climb up into trees. Having been involved in this development of the law, such as introducing health and safety policies into the way that sheriffs worked, I did that 25 years ago because I could see the risks that were involved and being part of the setup of the national eviction team some years ago. I'm pleased to say that the enforcement of writs of possession remains largely unaffected by government interference. And that's really because they haven't, I don't think, got another agency that can do what we do as sheriffs and now High Court enforcement officers. They have nothing to complain about. We run it to policing standards. That's not to say that we're above and beyond overview and scrutiny. So I've enjoyed seeing Share Group take a proactive role in the development of this law, create this process of operational planning. I've also seen some incredibly brave and good practice evolve, real talent in the enforcement agents that have come through this process, have learned from the operations that they've been on. The operation at Parliament Square in 2010, the eviction of the Occupy protesters from St Paul's in 2012, this latest eviction at Islington. And we've done it with no cost to the public purse. But it all comes out of these large scale evictions, which have required us to really dig into the operational planning and create a safe environment for the public. And we look forward to further projects in the future, albeit safely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you want to join the Share Groupie community, you can subscribe by going to our website at www.sharegroup.com. You can find the Share Groupies on all Share Group main channels, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest and LinkedIn. So connect where you can and create more business connections. And don't forget, we're all about minding your business so you can do something more interesting. Thanks for listening to the Share Groupie podcast. To join our Share Groupie community, subscribe by going to our website at www.sharegroup.com. Keep up with the latest Share Group news across all our main channels, including YouTube, LinkedIn and across all social media. Stay connected and begin building more business relationships.